0: it's going well i'm a little bleary because we're recording in the morning for a change (laughs) i know
1: we never (laughs) record this early anymore
0: there's a reason for that i'm not awake (laughs) and the funny part is that when we were talking about whoa what do we want to talk about today i said oh let's talk about white and black magic i can talk about that in my sleep
1: (laughs) (laughs) and so here we are (laughs) <laughs> and then I made
0: myself laugh because I'm like, I'm so weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I am. I'm weird. That's all right.
1: <laughs> well, while you wake up, what is white and black magic? I mean, is that good and bad? Or You know, what is that? Even just yeah, high so, level concept?
0: Yeah. So um, first off, keep in mind that very little of what I say is ever defined as good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all about the experience of life right? right but white magic is magic that you use to impact yourself and black magic is magic that you use to impact others without their permission oh I should reclarify: white magic is magic you use on yourself or on others with permission okay and black magic is m- magic you use on others without their permission
1: okay it's really just that simple then
0: it's very simple
1: it's yeah. all about permission okay
0: it's is ethical
1: okay. it, It's
0: ethical magic versus unethical magic.
1: from that perspective, the intention of your spell doesn't really matter as long as you have permission. Is that the ethics of it, or is can intention also drive the white and black?
0: You can bind a demon into a person with their permission, and it's white magic
1: interesting.
0: <laughs> as long as that's what they want.
1: Okay, so other than binding demons, what are some ex- <laughs> some examples of what we would see with regards to that?
0: Uh, so it, 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 you're talking about white magic specifically, right now, or
1: any of them? how would How would we be able to tell? I mean, I guess we're able to tell. The, the episode's over. <laughs> if we have permission, it's white well, magic, <laughs> and it seems it seems simple, but I, I'm guessing there's nuance.
0: Well, there is, and there isn't. I mean, there's, it's, it's a very simple concept, but one that people screw up all the time. Okay. I know a lot of white light and bunny people. um, Hmm. And you guys know what I mean by that. (laughs) Uh, The, the, I know a lot of white white white, light and bunny people who do black magic all the time. And they would be horrified to know that they're doing black magic, but they do it all the time. In Basically, and I I actually went to church here locally mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, and they did this prayer circle, and they sent out an intention that was black magic.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: and I was like, oh. <laughs> and what's funny is Jeff caught it. Before I did, because I was sort of checked out. I was like, eh, well, whatever, you okay.
1: know? <laughs> and,
0: and, uh, and he's like, they just did black magic. And I was like, they did? And he, I went, oh, yes, they did. <laughs> so I wasn't paying attention. And uh, it was that they were sending out this intention to bring peace to the world. Huh. Anytime you send out magic to bring peace to the world, you're doing black magic. Because lots of people don't want peace. If they did, there would be peace. Right. And so you're influencing them without their permission. Therefore, it's black magic.
1: That <laughs> I, it seems super slippery here, Kelly. <laughs>
0: it's not. It's very simple. You you said episode over.
1: Yeah. It, <laughs> right. I, I guess I did, but it. <laughs> It feels like it can't be that easy. I mean, people praying or or sending out intention to bring peace, it doesn't feel like like we can say to them, oh, you're a black magic user. But from what you're saying, it's exactly what it is, because yeah. they haven't asked everybody everywhere for permission to...
0: And you're assuming that you know better than they do about what's best for them.
1: What peace represents.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, good gravy. <laughs> I'm a little uh <laughs> a little unable to to form here now because now I know even for myself that clearly I've been um practicing black magic for most of my life
0: as have probably all of our listeners. Okay. So I forgive you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then let's let's touch on that, right? So if if somebody wishing for peace on earth is black magic then does black magic necessarily require forgiveness? Is that, is it simply because you haven't asked permission from everyone on earth that you're doing the earth an injustice, or is it just your intentions are good, but you haven't necessarily. The road
0: to hell is paved (laughs) with good intentions. intentions. (laughs) There's a reason it's an aphorism. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Yes, yes. So here, here's the thing. Okay. There's nothing wrong with wishing for world peace as long as the way that you phrase it is in the, the intention that you hold for it. When you say, I want peace in the middle East, for instance, Mm -hmm. what you can do is send the energy of peace to those people who are also wanting peace to amplify their mission because they are desiring peace. And you can say, I'm going to support with my energy, the people who are supporting peace in the middle East, there's nothing wrong with that because they're already in alignment with what you're offering. Okay. Okay. And so you say for those who are in alignment with this idea, I send you energy, right? Mm -hmm. That is a supportive process. That is white magic. They will tap in or not as they choose according to their intentions. Right. Okay. But to say, I am going to sap energy from the people who are creating war, or to say I'm going to impose peace as an energy across the entire Middle East region. That is black magic. Now, I say this, and now I'm going to say, do what you want. You're a sovereign being. If that's what you want to do, then that's up to you. But you have to recognize that when you impose your will upon others, there's a good chance that those who are energetically aware will turn around and try and do the same thing back to you because they're going to be like, oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> and make no mistake, there are quite a few people energetically aware who are being, who are either in power or being utilized by people in power who are doing energy, black magic energy work to create the environments in which we now exist. Okay. I, I have been out on the landscape. I have seen them. They yeah. do exist. And and I would not screw with them if I were you, because I don't screw with them. Okay. That should tell you something. Okay. <laughs> it's unwise. So, the thing that you should recognize is that when you do that you are doing black magic you are imposing your will upon the world upon others who do not want it it's mm-hmm. the equivalent of of everything you think about in terms of black magic in you know hollywood right yeah. somebody recently asked me if there's a tv show on on netflix called the order yep and she said oh is that what you guys do and i'm like no, that's not what we do. <laughs> that's all black magic.
1: Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> like, that's in, No, that has no bearing in any reality on what I do. If you want an idea of what we do, then Doctor Strange is probably your best <laughs> marker for, for what we do. It's a very different approach. And if you look at those two... Things so to, to you know the TV show versus the movie. If you look at those two things next to each other, you can see that it's very different kinds of magic, right? right? <clears throat> One is is imposing things upon others, and the other is working on yourself to improve your abilities. Now they do then take that out to to save the world, right? right? Um, and they presume that the world does not want to be killed by Dormammu, right? <laughs> right. And, and, you know, that in itself is black magic because, me, and because clearly there are some people who want to bond with Dormammu because they're the ones trying to help him. So, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that black magic is always bad. I'm just saying, you know, recognize what you're doing and do it consciously because it has consequences.
1: Right. So when we hear things like white magic, black magic, we also uh, will sometimes hear, and this, and I want to understand if this is related at all, and this is why I'm asking this question, uh, we hear of things like blood magic. Yeah. Is blood magic either white or black magic, or is that sort yeah. of a thing unto itself? It's a different classification.
0: So, blood magic is often classified in black magic, um, yeah. uh, but the reason for it is that it is a it is a really heavy duty kind of magic and it's classified in, in a lot of people often say, Oh, don't do blood magic. It's, it's, it's bad. Yeah. So it gets associated with black magic because they, other people say black magic is bad too. And so they just put them together, Mm -hmm. but they, they are not related. Okay. So the reason newbies get told blood magic is bad is because blood magic can fuck you up. Okay. <laughs> okay. It is, it is dangerous. Yeah. I've done blood magic twice in my life. And once was when I was a safety for my shaman on his vision quest. Yep. And I didn't actually use the spell I prepped. Okay. Okay. Um, it was an, an, in case of emergency, break glass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> spell.
0: Literally, I, I had put some blood in a vial. Yeah. And if, if I could not get him back on his journey, if, if he didn't make his way back and I couldn't get him back in any other way, I was prepared to use that blood to bind him to me to drag him home. Right. And then I would have had to unbind him. Once he was there. Right. Yeah. So, the it was an emergency use only. Yeah. And it would have been a significant process to unbind him because well, in, I bound him with blood, in,
1: right? Theoretically, the concern is a is a valid concern in the sense that people could use it not as a safety. I mean, you are using yeah. it with an intention to to protect him and yes. and bring him back, but people could do that exact same spell in not situations like that where they're just trying to bind a person to them. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to ask this because there may be more to that, but this this now is tying together. The way that you were using it, if he knew that there was a potential where you were going to use blood magic to bind him to you so that you could pull him out, and he said, yes, I'm okay with that. Does that make it white magic?
0: Yes. Actually, him asking me to be his safety. Automatically gave gave you that permission. To do whatever it took. To get him home.
1: So in that case, the blood magic was white magic. But if you yeah. were binding a person without their knowledge to you, so, that yeah, would make it black magic. magic. And that's yeah. okay. All right.
0: Yeah. It's it's a hammer like yeah. anything else. You can use it to build a building or you can use it to bludgeon someone. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's up to you as to how you use it. It's a tool. Yeah. Right. And the other time I used it was when I made a commitment to spirit. And I sealed that with blood. Okay. But that's the only two times.
1: And in both of those cases, it was effectively white magic use of blood magic. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. I have only used it twice. Yeah. Period. Right. Well, I mean, I did a, oh shit, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did a, uh, you know, you know the blood, blood, blood sister, blood brother thing, yeah. you know, with one of my childhood friends back in the day. And yeah. I'm like. Oh, I knew better than to do that. I don't know. I'm trying to remember who it was with even. Because you're bound. (laughs) We're bound, yeah. Clearly not that bound because I don't remember who it was. (laughs) But I remember doing it. I remember breaking my finger and going, Yeah, that hurts. I don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) and anybody who says oh cut across your hand and you know do the thing that they do in the movies that shit hurts man (laughs) (laughs) they're so full of shit when they go "Mm, yeah well then
1: it hurts for a long time too
0: (laughs) oh my god it it takes forever to heal because you you use your hands all the time it's the stupidest damn thing i've ever seen
1: (laughs) so yeah but okay so let's talk about that for a second because that's an interesting one where as kids that's something that you know Kids somehow hear about blood brothers, blood sisters, blood—you know—blood connections like that, and you prick your finger and you press your fingers together. But that's blood magic. I mean, it how is. did that get into our childhood sort of uh, okay, morphic so field?
0: You know about "Ring Around the Rosie," right? Yep. So you know, ring for those of you on the podcast who don't know, "Ring Around the Rosie," pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down—is about the bubonic plague, right? And so, you know, how did that get into children's rhyme? Right. You know, <laughs> same idea. It's like they watched their parents yeah. and they, they imitated their parents. The maypole, the maypole is a classic example. We have little five-year-old symbol. girls in little little uh, headdresses running around the maypole.
1: Yeah. It's right? a fertility uh, ritual, isn't it?
0: Fertility, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know I've been part of this as a fertility rite in in its proper format and and five year olds have no business <laughs> doing anything around the maypole you know it's yeah. it's literally the the men go out and find the pole and they prep the pole, and the women stay back and they prepare the hole and yeah. the men bring the pole and put it in the hole and then the women and the men together wrap the the thing in ribbon to stimulate sex, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very very sexual thing, <laughs> but we've forgotten, yeah. right? In yeah. our culture, we've completely forgotten that that's what it's about. And the same thing is true with the kids.
1: Yeah, and that's an interesting one with children too, because we know that children are often incredibly energetically aware, even though if they don't realize it. So they're they're quite powerful sometimes, <laughs> and, yeah. and those bonds can be. Well, thankfully, in your case, it wasn't so um, connected that. You can't even remember the person, but there are some cases where it can be, it can be pretty powerful, even yeah. unintentional. And
0: there was a guy in in junior high who asked me for my menstrual blood. Okay. And I, at the core of my being, knew this was a really bad idea, and yep. I was like, mm, no, 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 no aside from being creepy yeah, shit, yeah that's
1: creepy so shit mean, you
0: know <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> not a high school inhabited thing. by a demon so you know there was that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, but, yeah i have my life story is very interesting <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh boy okay so we've got a situation where white magic and black magic are very simply put all around permission it's yes. it, we call it ethical, but ultimately it's it's a permission Correct. differentiator, because ethics then comes into the question Good of and yeah, yeah, and and even even the case of ethics can be defined by, um, in some cases, uh, intention and and openness. I don't know, it, but it, it's it's about permission, truly. Yes. In the case of blood, we also discussed today that that blood magic is neither white or black. It could be either, depending on how you use it. But it's also incredibly powerful, and it's not to be trifled with.
0: Yeah, I would say, if in doubt, don't. Okay. And probably not, even if not in doubt. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Is there anything else we should know with regards to white and black magic and sort of, I guess, the the simple answer to how to use it is all about how you want to live your life?
0: Yeah, well, and... And I wanna say that it's not that you can't influence the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because you can. I, I think I've talked about the the ritual that I did to bring the divine union temple into existence, right? Mm-hmm. That ritual influenced the world. And it didn't do it in a black magic way. Okay. We we brought the temple into existence. Such that those who wanted to, and Good. I didn't even yes. hold the intention about anything other than I was birthing it. Yeah. You know, we were birthing it. Yeah. You know, actually, Carolyn Kepesh, who's been on this, yep. uh, she was part of that ritual. Oh, cool. So you guys have met one of the other people who was part of that ritual. The intention was just to bring it into form, it, it wasn't to do anything more with it. We just birthed it into the world so that it could then begin to grow of its own accord and allow others to tap into it as, as they chose. And what's very interesting is that we did it. And then 10 years later, I started seeing things pop up all over the place from people saying, divine union, divine union, divine union, <laughs> divine union. And it's like it took 10 years to mature, Yeah. right? and then people started tapping in and everywhere i looked there were all these divine union things happening yeah and i was like we did that <laughs> but but we didn't do anything with it after that we just birthed it and right. allowed it to exist until until it had steeped in its own juices long enough to to allow people to tap into it yeah
1: you've you know? effectively built the building if you build it they will come kind exactly. of thing <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is, is particularly uh, punny if we look at it from a divine union perspective. Yes. <laughs>
1: true, true that. I'm
0: not the dirty van. I'm not the one with the dirty pun today, Joey. It's you.
1: <laughs> unintentional in that case. It's always
0: unintentional in my case. <laughs> and he's constantly giving me shit about it. <laughs> and that's a lovely shade of bread, honey.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. So. We've we've learned a lot today. A lot of what we learned we learned in the first 3 minutes of the episode. <laughs> but we did go into quite a bit of detail and I think this was this was pretty awesome. And folks, if you've got any questions about white and black magic and if you're concerned for your soul <laughs> because you you may feel that you've been wishing goodness on people who you didn't ask them if you could wish them goodness and you're concerned that that's black magic. Remember, it's not good and bad. That's an important piece that we talked about today. It's not about going to bet. It's about um, whether or not you have permission. And if you've got any questions or anything like that, send a message to Kelly. Go into the Facebook group, the Spirit Trip podcast after party. You can go there and
0: yeah, I'm going to interrupt you because we actually do have a question that I forgot to tell you about before oh,
1: okay. we
0: started recording. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to read it. Ken, who was one of our listener profiles, wrote a question to me. It says, do LGBTQ people have a different or more enhanced connection to magic and the spirit world? It just seems like we have more access to what the world is saying and we're seeing it differently. So my answer to that is that I think it's less about being LGBTQ and more about balancing the masculine and feminine energies within Okay, And that because, you know, not all LGBTQ people do that. Right. Right. So I find that the people who have done that tend to be more. And I find that there's also a factor of being an outsider in a culture allows you to see it more clearly. Okay. Because you don't see the influences as clearly when you're inside them.
1: You're not as bound by the societal expectations. Right. Yeah.
0: So um, from that perspective, being an outsider in any way, yeah, uh, not just LGBTQ, but in any way, being an outsider allows you to see the insiders more clearly because you're, ob- you're more objective mm-hmm. from the outside. Right. That's why having a coach is helpful is because they're not inside your head. Right outside your head being able to interpret things for you without the assumptions that you're that are being happening inside your head that you're not even aware of same thing happens in culture yeah. right is that we have these assumptions within our culture that are defining points for us which you know, it's very amusing to me that that we as Americans define ourselves as the underdog, right? Uh, because we so aren't, right? <laughs> the country so is not the underdog, but everything in our culture is the underdog, yeah. Right? When you are standing on the outside, you can see the irony of that statement, right? <laughs> but from the inside, it becomes it. it, it it just is right, well, of course we are, right? you know, we're the scrappers who came across from wherever we came across from and immigrated in, and we we made all the way and we had to fight to stay, and we're the underdogs, and we won, right yeah. you know there's 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 that and and it stuck back four hundred years, but we don't recognize that <laughs> you know until it's brought to our awareness, and so the same concept is true, regardless of what we're talking about. there's a lot of that. That you can see from the outside, and so when you don't feel like you're in, you're in the culture, you're you're excluded from the culture in some way, then you know you can see these things more clearly, and so I would say that it's the balance of the masculine and the energy and feminine energy, and it is the role of the outsider mm-hmm. that allows the LGBTQ community. Members of it, because not everybody's balanced in that way, and not yep. everybody's conscious in that way. Right. To be honest, to uh, seem more spiritual as a as a group.
1: Yeah, and what's interesting about uh, societal expectations and culture and things like that in general is that. it's sort of established to make you feel part of a tribe. It's sort of to help people feel safe. It just, it becomes the morphic field of that, that group. right? Right. But what's interesting is that until you step, you are able to step outside of it you are unable to grow because you are stuck in what that culture defines as the norm or the expectations or the path which you must follow. But it's when you, you are allowed or allow yourself to be outside of it. What that you can see, just like you said, that outsiders view that, Hey, there's another trail over there that I can walk. And I'm really drawn to walk that path. And it doesn't go in the same way that this bubble of my culture or my, my expectations were going to bring me. And, and it, It's such a cool sort of, it's not cool, it's sort of sad in a way, but it's an interesting sort of thing that we create this culture to bind us together. But what it ends up doing is that if it's become so restrictive, it actually binds us from growing as well.
0: Well, and, and that was true for me too. I mean, I bought into the American dream and I had to actually create it. Before I began to question it. Right. Because I was like, okay, I have the American dream. I'm happy now, right?
1: Yeah. No, no. I'm not. Oh. Why aren't I? I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm following the rules here.
0: Yes. And I'm following them perfectly because yeah. I had to be perfect. Yes. Right. And, and it just, it, it it was one of those moments where you're like, mm, what the hell? Right. Yeah. This is also why in spiritual practice, one of the things that, that we help you do is to develop the observer Mm -hmm. inside your own mind to say, okay, this is me in my experience. And then this is me observing me in my experience. Right. Right. Because that observer can often have that outsider perspective because it's not influenced by the emotions. It's watching things play out rather than being in them. And so, you know, it can be the first line of outsider support for yourself. And then obviously with a coach being the second line and, you know, whatever else, yeah. but, but it allows you to do that. And so developing the observer mind is, is important. It's an important practice in the spiritual work.
1: Awesome. Wow. Ken, thank you very much for a great question that, that led to a lot of good conversation there. And- there you go. And folks, again, there's an example. If you've got questions like that, put them into the Facebook group, the Spirit Sherpa podcast after party. You can find that on Facebook and you can go to Kelly's website where you can get a lot of other information. I know we're we're rolling here a little bit, but I I know that sounds disconnected, but it's not because uh, Kelly's newsletter that's on her website, you can subscribe there. And some of the questions that you're asking, she may be answering because that's where you put a lot of sort of topical things that people may be sensing and feeling that are going on in the world at that time, right?
0: Yeah, uh, when
1: I write it. When you write it, right. You, you've told us, <laughs> don't expect it every day. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm called. Don't even I'm expect called. it
0: every month. <laughs> you send it when I send it.
1: Exactly. When you're called. <laughs> when you're called. But that that's a place where they can go and sort of check in and get connected. Uh, you can also check out the services that Kelly has there. You can sign up for Discovery Call, Energy Scan, all kinds of stuff on kellysparta.com that you should go. And speaking of subscribing to the newsletter we want you to subscribe and rate the Spirit Sherpa podcast on whatever listening platform you're using out there, whether you're using uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or even right directly from the PIPA site, going to kellysparta.com, clicking on the Spirit Sherpa podcast link and going to the site that that drives right from our, our distributor. So there's a whole host of ways that people are listening to podcasts and we want you to subscribe and rate them in all of those places. Just get it out there because the more ratings that spirit tripper gets the more visibility it gets for new listeners and that means that McKelly's message just goes out to the world and and not we're not putting it out there in a black magic way we just want to share the message with those who are willing to receive it
0: white magic (laughs) white magic all the way
1: white magic all the way all right did you have anything you wanted to say before we wrap here
0: it occurs to me that I don't think we've ever actually talked about the energy scans, are
1: we? Haven't no. Oh,
0: I don't think we have.
1: Okay. Have we- well, you, you, I remember one time you talking about sending out little tendrils of energy to to lick people's fields, <laughs> and then <Balls.
0: laughs>
1: little energy tendrils that licked people's fields, and then you 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 decided what they tasted like. That was how I took it. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you should explain it again because we haven't talked about it in a while. <laughs>
0: Okay. Yeah. So an energy scan is kind of not like that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I do send a tendril of energy out okay. um, to, to the person's energy field and I, I tell them what's going on in their aura, which usually represents what's going on in your life right now, okay. right? Um, and how you're feeling and you know how you're impacted by it. And then uh, I go into each chakra individually, all seven chakras. I'm only doing seven chakras. Right. And uh, I tell you what blocks are that i see in each chakra and how those blocks are likely playing out in your life okay and at the end uh, well in the process if there's something that's a quick fix i give it to you yeah like okay here's a quick fix then do this right Mm -hmm. uh if there isn't then we'll talk about it in detail at the end okay Um, and at the end what i do is i i lay out all the blocks and i say okay this block is a function of that one so don't bother working on it yeah Go away when the other one goes away. This one isn't a function of the other one, but it won't move until you move the other one. Right. So move the other one first. Right. Yeah. So you get an order of operations and sort of a roadmap for how to do your work most effectively. Yeah. And um, as as Brenda said, <laughs> it can be six months worth of work in yeah. in a forty five to sixty, maybe ninety minute session, depending on how many questions you have. And uh, I, it's very interesting is cuz people tell me they listen to them over and over again yeah and they'll come back and say i just listened to it for the sixth time and i heard something new yeah and it's like how did you do that i'm like i didn't you just you edited it out of your your experience the first five times you listened cuz you weren't ready to yeah, hear it's it it's exactly
1: they just weren't they weren't ready they weren't at that stage yet to to be able to process yeah. that piece yeah
0: i'd like to say i'm that magical i'm just not <laughs> <laughs> i'm just not <laughs> at least not that i know of yeah <laughs> maybe my higher self is you know inserting random shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> into an, <laughs> into an audio it. file that <laughs> <laughs> totally totally a thing totally a thing totally a thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so energy scans and so people can sign up for them at the website they go there yep. and uh, just under like the, the services excellent and that's done they don't need to be local with you as well that's done remotely. No.
0: Yeah, in fact, I prefer to do it over the phone. Okay. Um, not over video because I want you to know that I'm reading your energy field and not your body language.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's great. All right, folks. There you go. It's a it's a little tool there that you have access to by reaching out to Kelly and and signing up for one because that's that's a fantastic opportunity. Okay. Well, that's all that we have for this week. Uh, this was a good good conversation that sort of went in a whole bunch of different places in the time that we were together
0: and you thought we were done in three minutes ago. right well,
1: i did i did but here we are here we are some some 25 to 30 minutes later depending on depending on what time zone you're in uh but that is all that we have for this week folks be sure to join us next time as kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy magic and the spirit world i'm joey c here with kelly sparta and you have been listening to spirit Sherpa. so long everyone
0: each mile I travel over 13,000 now I leave behind a little